Hey, welcome in. It is another edition of Downtown, the podcast, the 103rd, if you're keeping score. Rich Kimball and Carrie Haskell with you from the Zone Radio Studios in Bangor, Maine, where we host the daily show downtown, Monday through Fridays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Zone Radio stations of Maine, streaming audio available at our website, downtownwithrichkimball.com. We are brought to you this week and every week by Cross Insurance where security meets strength. A couple of interesting conversations for you this time around. Uh, One with a pair of actors who star on the new uh, Apple TV Plus series, Home Before Dark. British actor Jim Sturgis and talented youngster Brooklyn Prince coming up in the second half of the podcast. But we get things underway by welcoming back one of our favorites here on the podcast and on our radio show. Well, apparently a listener favorite as well because he was recently voted by our listeners as the favorite guest of the last year in our annual downtown madness competition that began with a field of uh, well over a hundred guests from the past year. Stephen Tobolowski emerged victorious as the winner. And we talked with Stephen about, well, the pressure that goes with that vote and about the wonderful new season of his series, One Day at a Time. Stephen, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I have to say, there's, you know, it got to be where, you know, on Twitter, I, I'm able to see the, the the pairing as it's going down. And each each week I'm going, I'm going down now. This is it for me. <laughs> Crashing in flames. And I, I, and I go on to the next round and it got to where I was physically ill. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Going on Twitter of just the suspense of it all. And uh, not the coronavirus. Just oh, the suspense <laughs> of, of Ridgeville downtown. So I couldn't even look. I couldn't even look at it, and I thought, you know, Stephen, just let this be. I I am thrilled. Um, I have a, a very soft spot for for downtown and and for for Maine as in in whole. Uh, I don't. Did you know Anne and I were looking for a home over by Casco? That would be wonderful. Are you still in the process of doing that? No, well, no, not now. Now it's the end of the world. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're readjusting. But but we, we went there and we saw a house, and uh, it was a farmhouse, an old farmhouse, which was really lovely, and the price was right. Uh, but the roof of the kitchen, the, the interior height of the house, was something like, Six foot three and a half inches high. Now I'm <laughs> six foot three, and, and and there was so low clearance. But the real estate person said, "Well, that is because in Maine you want to keep your heat in. You know, if you have too high a ceiling, <laughs> the heat goes right out." But I said, "I'm feeling a little like a troglodyte in here. You know, this this a little dangerous." But you know, the whole place was so lovely. Yeah, it, it makes us we we. Ann and I fondly think about, uh, again, when the world starts up again, is renewing the search. Well, part of the reason for that doorway too is we, we slouch a lot here in Maine, oh. but that's that's to keep warm. <laughs> I see. I see. That's nice to know. Oh, God. All right. Here's the list, Stephen, of who you beat along the way. Oh, gosh. And again, it's not about the competition. It's an honor just to be in the field. But you eliminated Adam Savage of Mythbusters. Uh, Mark Duplass, Michael McKean, Ed Asner, 
Roseanne Cash, and then beloved Maine newscaster Pat Callahan. I can't believe that. I can't. Now, uh, I just saw Ed not long ago. Ed Asner, I saw him not long ago out here. And Ed Asner and I have a mutual friend who is no longer with us anymore by the name of Bob Darnell. And uh, Bob was, an, was a Marine and fought in Korea, was an amazing man, and was a great actor who was my best friend for many years and was Ed's best friend. And so we always share uh, Bob Darnell's story. So I saw Ed, but I had no idea at the time he was my competition. <laughs> so the next time I see him, I'll rub it in, I'll rub it in his face. <laughs> well, and Ed was supposed to be here a couple of weeks ago. We were bringing him in to do his one-man show, God Help Us, and then had to cancel because of all of this. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, Ed Ed was in, I, you know, you want to talk about a guy with an amazing career. Where Ed met my dear friend Bob Darnell is that Ed was in the Broadway production of the Three Penny Opera uh, by Bertolt Brecht, the original production with Lada Linya, who wow. was Rosa Klebb in From Russia with Love. Yeah. A Lada Linya was the original actress from Berlin who, who played uh, Pirate Jenny or whatever that part was. And, and, uh, and Ed tells the story of Bob Darnell at the time. He was a Marine fresh, fresh out of Korea, and uh, he was the understudy for the lead actor in the play, McKeith. And... Uh, Wonderful role. Anyway, uh, Ed <laughs> Ed tells the story of when the McKeith suddenly got sick, and Bob had to go on stage for him on Broadway, his first performance on Broadway. And Bob went out and did brilliantly, except he forgot that he had the finale of the entire show to sing. <laughs> he just He just forgot that he had to learn the finale. He figured he would never go on. So there he is. He's being marched to the gallows. And he's supposed to sing this song, very famous, Oh, gentlemen, do not be taken in. Men live exclusively by mortal sin. It, it's this great song. So anyway, they march Bob up to the gallows and answer them. What he's still up there. And Bob started, he hears the introduction. And he doesn't know what the hell to sing. And so he starts to make up something that sounded like German. He doesn't speak German either. So he just, and he sang the whole song in German gibberish, his first performance on Broadway. I love it. And hysterical, ridiculous. Well, we want to tell you, too, Stephen, how much we love the new season of One Day at a Time. This is, I think oh, it's been you. it's been the best season yet. Uh, how uh, how fun was it to have that uh, have that beast costume and, and do the Halloween episode? That was great. Yeah, the, the beast costume, the first, I should have known something would go wrong. The beast costume fit me perfectly. Of <laughs> all things, when you try to you order something like that over, like, Amazon.com, right? like a beauty in the beat. So they ordered it off the rack and they put it on me and the beast costume worked. I need a little double stick tape to hold the horns on my head. That's okay. <laughs> the problem was right before I entered 
by beast breaches ripped up the middle. <laughs> and so my pants ripped. I bent down. To, I'm at the door ready to make my entrance. I bend down <laughs> and then the button pops off of my vest. I'm thinking, now I'm really screwed. And I run in a panic back to the uh, costume shop. And I said, my pants tore my pants. And they said, don't worry. You don't have to make your entrance now because Rita has to get into her bell costume. And that's going to take 20 minutes. <laughs> so we'll have plenty of time to fix your costume. So uh, Rita and I had so much fun doing that show. Now, let, let me tell you about just a little heads up since we're, we're doing this previews of coming attractions. We have a very funny show on one day at a time tomorrow evening, uh, Tuesday evening. Very funny show. Uh, and, and, uh, and it's a show that all of us have lived through at one point in time. I, I'm not going to be a spoiler. <laughs> and the show after that, the week after that, is one of those shows of one day at a time that I went like, oh, my God. From the first read through to the final shooting, we went, this is one of the beautiful shows we have ever done. And that'll be the first six that we've done. And that was before, that's when Sony closed everything down. And so we have seven more to shoot and we'll shoot those as soon as they let us back in the stable, you know, but it's, it's closed down. I don't, I don't is Maine all closed down? Oh yes, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we yeah, had, uh, we had Isabella Gomez on the show a couple of weeks ago. What a delight she is. She's amazing. She's amazing. She is brilliant. Uh, she's a wonderful actress. She's gorgeous. And she's so sweet. She is one of the sweetest people I have ever met. And uh, it, it's amazing. I've, I've, I've worked on shows where people don't like each other. And they have to pretend that they like each other. But um, one day at a time, we, we, we truly love each other so much, and when we have problems, we have common problems. Uh, you know, we don't have problems with one another. We have problems of how are we going to do this in a limited amount of time? How are we going to do this with the world falling apart around us? You, you know, we have a com common enemy that have made us closer together. And, uh, but when we do return, when we do return uh one thing to look forward to is uh, Gloria Calderon-Kellett, our showrunner, is going to direct two of the subsequent episodes. Todd Grinnell, who plays Schneider, is going to direct one, and he directed last year, and he's a wonderful director. And it will be the world premiere of Justina Machado directing. Wow. So she's going to direct a one day at a time, too, which I just love. They <laughs> asked. They asked me at one point in time, uh, my my manager said, Stephen, you know, do you want to throw your hat in the ring and direct one of these shows? I go, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I don't need, I don't need that aggravation. I don't need to have networks and studios yelling at me. <laughs> That's the other I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, just let me act. Let me act and get off stage. Oh, please. 
One of the things we spent a lot of time talking uh, to Isabella about was the writing staff and how they, uh, of One Day at a Time, and how they really sort of tackle a lot of topics and, you know, whether it's LBG, uh, LBT issues or um, Latinx issues, but also the generational aspects of, of a comedy with three, you know, with three distinct generations. How... Yeah. How, what do you have to say about the writing team and, and how they're able to juggle all of that? I find it extremely interesting. And uh, from my point of view, I feel, I, I feel that the three generations represented are represented in a very telling way, uh, but not in an equal way. And I, I think that one of the geniuses of One Day at a Time is that the issues of the children are very, very present. The, the issue of, of Isabella um, and sexual issues the kids encounter, bullying issues the kids encounter, are very specific and not just generic that, that you would expect from television shows normally. They're, they're very specific, and therefore they feel very true. The aspect of the middle generation, if you would like, if you would say that Schneider, if you would say that's Justina's character, uh, Penelope, those those roles, especially Justina, who's the engine that makes the show run, there you see, I feel, behind real issues that adults have that nobody does shows about and uh, about the, the show about depression, the show about, mm. you know, being divorced and going out on a first date again, uh, shows about dealing with trying to get ahead in your work or trying to get a hold of the VA on the phone, uh, you know, all sorts of real issues that that generation has. I find the older generation uh, of Rita and me, we're almost... Uh, Symbolic? Is that the right word I'm looking mm. at? Archetypal. We're almost archetypal. And, and I hear all the time people saying, Rita is my grandmother. <laughs> and, and of course she's not. But, but she represents the wisdom and wackiness and life that we so many of us got from our grandparents. So many of us felt, but we didn't really know who they were as people. We, we, you know, they're almost bigger than life. And in terms of Dr. Berkowitz, of what they've done with me, it is kind of amazing, too, is that I'm a person in the show who's lost more than anybody I've ever known in my life. And I've lost my wife. I've lost my, the love of my children. Uh, I... My work is not what I expected. I felt like everything I've done in my life has traded out to be a loser for me. And yet, I the one thing I want is love. The one thing I want is happiness. The one thing I have is hope. And I find that something you never see on television. And it, it is wonderful. And I find it the very spirit of what comedy is is kind of looking at disaster and looking at failure in the face 
and saying, like, we're going to try again. Well, and, and that's we're what going to, try again. to me, that's what makes it such an incredible show and the writing and the acting so delightful and because it's so three dimensional and honest that that your character, Rita's character, they're not comic foils. Yes, they're part of it, but we're always laughing with them, not at them. And there's that sense of, of honesty and, and poignancy that we got in, in one of the recent episodes when, when your character you know, just uh, an offhand comment about understanding what loneliness was. And I thought that was so powerful. It was. And it was so funny. It's like, Rich, in, it was a scene in the car, and I think that was our second episode. I had... A bunch of they had a bunch of jokes at that spot in the script of where I say something and and we're filming we're filming and uh Mike Weiss came up to me and said hey I got why don't you try to say this and my and Mike had that one line that he gave it to me and the second he gave it to me my heart almost exploded <laughs> it was so perfect and it was so beautiful but that was not an ad lib, but it was in the moment we were shooting, try it. Want to try that? And we did it. We did one take, and that's what we had in the show. Uh, what's going on with uh, the Tobolowski files? Are you and David cooking up some new episodes for us? Well, yes, uh, very much so. On the Tobolowski files, this is one thing the end of the world has been very good for, <laughs> is that I have plenty of time to write. In fact, today I'm writing again. What I have done is, and David and I kind of have been chatting about this, I have been writing and recording new Tobolowski files. I have finished nine of them, written and recorded. Uh, I have finished writing another five of them, which I have not recorded. And then what happened, and I picked the music out for them, and then I ship them to David to, we'll do the intros to them and the outgoes and David will edit the music and everything together and then put it on the web. So now I'm just waiting. I know David finished the first one and uh, edited it and it sounds great. So now uh, I'm waiting for him to have a, cause he's still working. He's a working man. He's working for Amazon still. So when he has a break where he's going to start editing and then start dropping those bad boys out on the internet. So, Tobolowski files are on their way. It could be as many as 15 new ones. That'll be great because around. for Carrie, Carrie, am I right? Carrie, you <laughs> can't travel anywhere unless you have the Tobolowski files to accompany your journey. Yeah, it, it makes it feels wrong to be driving without Tobolowski files <laughs> loaded on my uh, on my player. Yeah, well, I've got I've got some good ones. I uh, you know there's. A couple stories that are very funny, and then there's a couple stories that are not that I've decided to tell, and and so uh, this will be very interesting, and uh, certainly fans of the show uh, of the Tobolowski Files will be very pleased to to have this added information to to the backstory, so to speak. Excellent. And uh, hey, Bruce Pratt uh, down there in Swanville, do you uh, want to compare any gardening notes with Stephen <laughs> while he's here? Yes. And all these beautiful pictures of the food and the gardening. We finally have peas in the ground. We finally have peas in the ground. We worked diligently today. I took a picture and I posted it's, you know, we were out in the garden. You know, this this garden, Anne 
you you really get to know who a person is when there's a crisis. Yeah. You know, everybody says what romance is about is the bedroom. I've always said it's the emergency room. It's <laughs> it's like who will watch your back when you're going into the hospital? <laughs> when you go out on a date with someone, you you think, oh, she's a cute girl. She's from Georgia. You have no idea. <laughs> so. We have this garden, this lovely garden, and now it is the source of our survival. I'm walking in it right now, and we have chives, and we have onions, and we have peas, and we have tomatoes starting to grow. We have mustard and kale, and she's and celery, and she's out here every day. She categorizes the food we have. She brings it into the house. We, we, we eat fresh food from our garden every day and sometimes twice a day. And then she, she makes lists of it. She categorizes <laughs> what we've eaten so she knows what to plan again. Uh, this morning I was eating a bagel and she said, did that bagel come out of the sack with three bagels in it or the sack with four bagels? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. She says, I have categorized all of this food. I have to keep track of what food we have coming in and out of the house. You must... Keep notes. Okay, okay, okay. So, I I am. Yesterday, I had a quiche made with chives and uh, leeks from the garden. It was phenomenal. Uh, today, uh, last night, I had borscht soup made with beets from the garden. I mean, it was spectacular. Well, and uh, and and uh, she's she's a cooking wizard now. She's she's. She's amazing. It's important to have a good partner for the end of the world, and I would say you've done well. Yeah. I would say so, too. She made a pecan pie yesterday. Wow. And right now she's in the kitchen making rice pudding. Give me a break. <laughs> it's so good. Well, Stephen, uh, thank you as always. It's it's wonderful to visit with you. Congratulations again on uh, winning the Downtown Madness champion. No more stress uh, about that for the next 11 months for you. We thank of you as part of our downtown family, and uh, we wish you and Ann uh, so much uh, good health and out of this on the other side, and hopefully we can get you uh, back to Maine when the world is back on its axis. Well, thank you so much, guys, and, and thank you for the win. I really appreciate that. I appreciate that. I just feel the load of tension dropping off, and now I'm going to bask in the glory of it. Oh, God. But thank you, and uh, have a beautiful time there in that beautiful, beautiful place we call Maine. Stephen Tobolowski here on Downtown, the podcasting. Congratulations again to Stephen, our Downtown Madness champion, for the second time in three years. And we don't vote, but if we did, he'd always be in our top ten because we love it when he comes on. It's one of those uh, guests that I just could talk with every single week if uh, if he could make the time for us. I, I'd be happy to do that and look forward to it every week. Yeah, Very excited about new episodes of his great podcast, too, The Tobolowski Files. Really looking forward to that. It'll be, uh, it'll be nice to have a full set for the next time I hit the road. There you go. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with actors Jim Sturgis and Brooklyn Prince about their series Home Before Dark after this word. 
from Cross Insurance. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. We're back on Downtown, the podcast. Another summer day has come and gone away. In Paris or Rome, but I want to go home. Our next guest star on the Apple TV Plus series, Home Before Dark, is a father and daughter. Jim Sturgis, a veteran actor and young Brooklyn Prince, who uh, dazzled people a couple of years ago alongside Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project. Uh, They, as you'll hear from our conversation, have a tremendous chemistry together. And we had a, a very good time talking with them about Home Before Dark. Brooklyn, I want, can you tell us a little bit about your character of Hildy? Uh, Hildy is a precocious, um, I just learned what that word was, <laughs> curious and very brave human being. But also she loves her father and will do anything for the truth. And you met the real Hildy. What was that experience like? It was, I was so, I was, I was really nervous. I was like, she doesn't like the way I look. Why is she seeing a Florida project and she doesn't watch my acting? And like, I had to, then I was like, okay, I just have to block these off. And when I met her, it was like an instant connection. Cause like, I, I was like, I, you know, picked up so much from her, like how I was the one who was supposed to be asking her the questions. And then I would ask her a question and then she'd answer. And then like, she'd turn it back to me and then like, asked me like the same question and the, and like she I saw that reporter coming out and her and we've been friends like we went to like Tombstone together we went to a haunted house together and we've been friends but um I've been trying to observe as much as I can because you know you gotta take all that information and stuff it into your character this is such an interesting story and Jimma your character uh, plays a dad who also has some secrets that Hildy's able to uncover yeah, I mean, that's very much the kind of uh, the, the sort of through line of the story is that, you know, we, we the family moves back to to the dad's hometown where he grew up. And it's there that they discover that he has a lot of secrets from his past and a lot of traumatic stuff that happened to him when he was about 10 years old, where his, uh, his best friend was abducted right in front of his eyes. So it becomes quite a sort of traumatic and emotional journey for, for the dad character. And, and it's certainly his... Uh, his love and his his uh, uh, connection with his daughter, who's uh, an investigative journalist, as he is, you know, she she really looks up to her dad and, and wants to sort of follow in his footsteps. And it's her passion for journalism that she really gets to uncover the truth about what happened in this town all those years ago. So yeah, it's a really it's a really exciting and fun ride to kind of go on as you go through it with with Hildy and her friends. And, and you also uh, met your real-life counterpart, Matt. Are there extra acting challenges in playing not just a real person, but a person who, who is alive and is going to see your performance? 
Yeah, there's definitely a, a, an added sort of pressure and a, and a hope that you you hope that they're happy with what you've done. You know, Matt, Matt and Hildy, they were both amazing. They were so sort of giving with their story and with their time. And exactly like what Brooklyn said, you know, they ended up sort of interviewing us more than we ended up interviewing them. They were sort of more <laughs> interested in us than, you know, because they're, they're journalists and instinctively they kind of ask a lot of questions. So, but they were just fascinated by the whole filming process and they loved coming up to set. And, and it was great to have their whole family come and visit our family that, that we'd created for the screen. And it, it, it was thankfully a really sort of joyous and uh, an exciting experience for all of us, I think. We're talking with Jim Sturgis and Brooklyn Prince of Home Before Dark on Apple TV+. Plus. Brooklyn, uh, Hildy sometimes doesn't fit in. Isn't that, isn't that more fun to not fit in sometimes? I, I think it's super fun because you get to, like, play against the rules. And, you know, the way Hildy dresses is super, like, cool. And, you know, she's super stylish thanks to Mitchell Travers, who is, like, one of the best costumers in the world. He, like, really, like, put, like, he let me, like, put some input into what Hildy was wearing. Like, he'd ask me. He'd be like, do you think Hildy would wear this? And I'd be like, hmm, yeah. But, um, you know, it's good to, like, <laughs> you know, be, like, that rule breaker. And my parents, my parents don't let me go outside and, like, ride my bike to, like, people's houses and, like, interview them or like go like certain places outside of the house um especially now uh, but um so it was like fun to know that like to be like Hildy because they're like I when I was in Hildy I felt like I had that freedom and I was like I am free <laughs> now Jim as I understand Brooklyn was already cast in the part of Hildy uh, before you came in so uh you had to make sure there was some chemistry right away with the two of you, but it's clear from the episodes I've seen that that chemistry is very real. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, no, she was cast, and then I got a phone call. I was back home in London, and I got a phone call asking if I would fly to Los Angeles to, to meet with Brooklyn and then to spend some time together. And they would kind of film us and do some workshops and some improvisation games, and we would work on some of the scenes from the script, and and yeah, just kind of spend a bit of time together and see if that was going to be a dynamic that would work because it's such an important part of the story and, and the dynamics of the characters. So it was important for, for everyone involved that, that that kind of felt like a good and natural fit for the two of us, I think. Brooklyn, is it true that you and Jim also have uh, developed at least one, if not more, secret handshakes? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have one, and then we shortened it a little bit. But, like, it went on for, yeah, like, we... a minute. <laughs> it went on for, like, 25 minutes. Yeah. And there was it was like... more like a dance routine by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to, like, like, tighten up on it, because we've gotten a little bit rusty since, like, we haven't seen each other. But, um, know, yeah, we... True. The handshake we had to come up with, like, was the handshake we have now is the one we came up with. Right, Jim? Yeah, that's the one we came up with, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it grows and grows and grows each time we see mm -hmm. each other. <laughs> yeah, like, Brooklyn's right. We haven't seen because we, we, we had it nailed down by the end of season one. We need a new mm -hmm. handshake for season two. Like. And you've also yeah. improvised some songs together, right? Yes. We made two this season. 
named Wobbly Tooth, and then we need like like a tea like rap thing about tea. Um, Jim, you want to sing Wobbly Tooth? <laughs> Let's do it, B. Let's yeah. do it. Let's sing Wobbly Tooth for the, for the great general public. Okay, you ready count us in. Okay, ready. Three, two, one. Wobbly tooth, wobbly tooth, Brooklyn's got a wobbly tooth, wobbly tooth, it could fall, just stay loose, Brooklyn's got a wobbly tooth, it's gonna fall, 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 the show is terrific. Home Before Dark. We we love it. I look forward to seeing more episodes, and hopefully you'll be able to get back and work on season two very soon as well. Thanks to both of you for making time for us today. Stay safe, be well, and uh, congratulations on this wonderful show, Home Before Dark. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. That's Jim Sturgis and Brooklyn Prince. The show is called Home Before Dark. It's available on Apple TV+. Plus and. Yeah, they, they could take that show on the road, Carrie. They're great together. Yeah, a little, uh, little vaudeville act would be perfect for the two of them, yeah. I think. She's like nine, ten years old. It's <laughs> incredible. Our thanks to a Jim Sturgis, Brooklyn Prince, and the wonderful Stephen Tobolowsky for joining us this week and for you as well for checking things out. If you're new to the show, please uh, feel free to leave a glowingly positive review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Either way, we hope to see you next time here on Downtown, the podcast. Downtown.